It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Sports Mix. Big show today, big day in high school sports around the area. Baseball sectionals start today. Softball sectionals wrapped up last night, so we are uh, set for a regional rematch. We'll get into that here momentarily. Later on on the show, we'll talk about Bob Huggins, that situation going down yesterday. Uh, The NBA playoffs, of course, continue to bring us great games. Last night, a great one between the Lakers and Warriors. Talk a little bit about this kind of old news at this point, but the the commanders potentially tampering with Andrew Luck and then the Orioles struggling and the Nationals in action as well. So, uh, Colin, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Looking forward to getting into all the uh, topics we have as this show brought to you by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. So baseball sectional starting today. Looked like earlier maybe this would have to be a postponement, but it looks like the weather is going to clear up, which is good because um, they'd have to obviously push everything back and uh, we'd like to see these games here tonight. I mean, Martinsburg Musselman's the game we'll be at. We'll start with uh, the Washington-Hampshire game. Washington taking on Hampshire. Uh, a game we think Washington should be able to win. And then the other game going on, uh, Hedgesville-Spring Mills. We would expect Hedgesville to win that one. Uh, but some some good you know, sectional baseball. Jefferson has that bye. Um, some interesting matchups here in the first round, I think, though. Definitely the most intriguing game there is the Martinsburg Muslim game. And we're going to follow the winner's bracket in Section 1 is what we have decided. So uh, whoever wins will do the next game, whether that be Martinsburg-Hedgesville, Musselman-Hedgesville, Martinsburg-Spring Mills, Musselman-Spring Mills, or whatever combination it ends up being. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what Section 1 has in store because as we kind of touched on yesterday even though you want to keep spring mills in the conversation because it's still sectional playoffs and you never know what could happen. It's a long shot for them to ultimately win it. But when it comes to Musselman, Hedgesville, and Martinsburg, you could put all three of those names in a hat, draw one, and that's probably the same chance they all have of winning this. I mean, it is completely even between these three teams, how they are playing as of late. So, I don't really know how to break it down and say, yeah, this team has an edge over the other. Don't really know what to expect tonight other than great baseball between each and every matchup, even though, yeah, you expect Washington to beat Hampshire the way things have gone this year. Yes, you expect Hedgesville to take care of business against Spring Mills because last time they faced off, it was a 21 nothing win for Hedgesville, but Spring Mills, we know with Bromwell on the mound, could maybe give Hedgesville a run for its money and hopefully keep it closer than 21 nothing. It's really tough not to. But then Martinsburg Musselman, they split the regular season, and the way they are playing right now, you can't give an edge to either team. They're both really good teams. Some thought maybe 
Martinsburg should be the two over the Musselman at three, and it should be at Martinsburg today instead of at Musselman. We'll see how much home field advantage benefits the Appleman, and we know these two teams, it's a huge rivalry. I mean, it's been, what, two, three years now that Martinsburg has knocked out Musselman, so they, they want to finally avenge that and change the tide. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, when these two teams get together, you know, in any sport, it's a big rivalry. I mean, that goes for pretty much every EPAC team, but in particular, the history there between Musselman Martinsburg and even Hedgesville Martinsburg and Musselman as well. Uh, you know, they've been around for a long time. They have that history. You throw Jefferson in there, of course, and those are the kind of four schools that have really played each other the most around the area with Washington and Spring Mills being newer schools and, and still trying to build those rivalries. But, um, you know, in, in particular on the baseball side of things, at least the last couple of seasons, Martinsburg and Musselman has been very intense. You see it in how the games play out, how the fans react to the game. Um, you know, last year I can remember they had played that game after the voting already came out. And at first, it, it just kind of felt like, okay, this game doesn't really mean that much. You know, we're just kind of playing it because it's obviously on the schedule and we want to get ready for sectionals, but we don't want to show too much. And then all of a sudden, it's turning into a really competitive game. The fans are really into it. And it all of a sudden felt like a playoff game. And then that carried over into what was, you know, some good matchups in the sectional tournament. So I would expect um, something very similar here tonight going two Musselmen we know it's a tough place to play um we know obviously the Musselman crowd can be very amped up there in Inwood so I'm sure Martinsburg will travel well for this playoff game and it should be you know great atmosphere great game um and it is two teams where it's tough to really give either one an edge obviously they split the regular season series so that doesn't really give you much indication it looks like Musselman has still kind of struggled over the last few games uh, against top-tier opponents. I mean, they've certainly played well to end the season in their final three games, but before that they were struggling and, and lost to Martinsburg 7-5. to So, you know, that maybe gives you the Bulldogs the edge there because they've won the more recent matchup. But uh, as we know, Martinsburg doesn't probably or may not have Mike Lupus depending on his status with that shoulder injury which is a huge loss I mean he is the leader of that team so we don't know how healthy he will be on paper Musselman has the more experience arguably the better overall team uh, when you look at their lineup and their pitching uh, depth but for this one game in particular it's going to be Boober versus I would I would guess either Hartman or Stevens, probably Hartman since Stevens just threw the other day against Washington. So, you know, who has the edge there? I mean, they hit Boober pretty well, even though he still got the win and, and Martinsburg won the game 7-5 to five last time. Uh, but the other thing that you have to consider is, you know, Martinsburg hit Mossman pretty well last time against Myers. So I, I would guess it would be Hartman, and, you know, that sets up for a very intriguing matchup. Um, overall, I think Musselman maybe has the more talent, even though Martinsburg has shown the more success throughout the season. So it's a very, you know, at times, I mean, they don't have more wins, but they have some more wins in conference and have been 
a little bit more consistent as of late, I guess I should say, than the more success because when you look at it, Musselman does have more wins, but they also played more games. More games. Yeah, so. it, it's three more games that's why they got three more wins. But I completely agree that things do change in your mind if Mike Lupus is not out there for Martinsburg because he truly is, it seems like, at least in our eyes, the heart and soul of this team. If he's on the mound, he's one of the top two pitchers for them. He's their best offender. He's really reliable on defense, if not the best defensive player, too, for them. He's a senior leader. I mean, you need him there more than just in the dugout, especially when it comes to playoffs. So if he's 100% great, and if you're a Bulldog fan, you're really looking forward to this game. If he's not 100%, or if he's completely out of the game, there's some worries for you if you're a Martinsburg fan. Well, I think number one, if Boober's pitching and Lupus is out, so you don't have him at third, Oviedo's going to have to play third, potentially. Mm-hmm. Or who plays shortstop? Then becomes the big question. Or who plays third? Because Martinsburg's really only used Oviedo or Lupus at third. Yeah. And we, I don't, and they've really only used Oviedo or Boober at short, so... You know, that becomes a big thing. You're going to have to throw somebody in the lineup that maybe doesn't have that much experience, and uh, that makes it tough. I mean, you get Jameer Brown back, which is great, but you know, I think Jameer's really only a first baseman this year. I mean, I know in the past he's played other positions. Maybe you put him at third and Oviedo at short and Rupenthal at first. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely tough if Lupus can't go. So, you know, hopefully Mike's able to go. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out you know relatively soon from coach byler on his status but um i sent out the question so we'll yeah. see if we get it either during the show if we don't get it until game time right so yeah i don't know if he wants to keep that a secret or not i mean as we know these two teams know each other so well that it probably doesn't matter too much if it's a secret or not so uh we'll see but exciting game exciting matchup and, and what should be you know a good sectional tournament i look at these other matchups i think Hedgesville just beat Spring Mills twenty one nothing. Like it's it's tough to imagine Spring Mills going out there today and uh getting a win. I mean, maybe they're more competitive if Bromwell's able to go deeper into the game. That certainly will help, presuming he's the starting pitcher. But you know, Hedgesville can throw any of its top three and uh be dominant there on the mound. And then when you look at the Washington Hampshire game, Hampshire just hasn't been competitive enough against the rest of the EPAC to really give them much of a chance. They didn't win a game in the region. So, you know, it's tough to imagine them getting a win today, but Washington has struggled offensively recently. So maybe it's a little bit closer than what you would think on paper, but overall I'm going to go with Washington and Hedgesville to win tonight. And then Martinsburg Musselman's really a coin toss. I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you who would win. I agree. And I'm not going to go any further too. So let's move on here and talk a little bit about softball. Uh, We had an exciting game last night. Hedgesville got the win over Musselman to uh, bring us the regional rematch between Hedgesville and Jefferson, which is what we thought we would get at the beginning of the year. It looked a little bit closer toward the end of the year in terms of would Hedgesville make it out of its section. Of course, Washington was going to uh, put up a fight in in the – section two between Washington and Jefferson but ultimately it's the rematch Colin and it should be a pr- 
pretty good series, but I mean, on paper and, and looking at the teams, the Cougars do hold the edge and, and should be able to advance to the state tournament again. Yeah, before I get into that, I did get a answer from the head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs baseball team, Aaron Byler, about Mike Lupus's status as of right now. He says, quote, we will evaluate him around three and see if he can go. Yeah, so, game time decision. Game time decision for sure for Mike Lupus. But yeah, we get a rematch in softball and the way things have really been going this year, you like Jefferson's chances again to take care of business against Hedgesville, even though Hedgesville was able to finally beat Musselman back to back games as well. So you they didn't have to worry. We were questioning how competitive it would be. We thought maybe Musselman could take one from season because they took one from him in the regular season in the game that we had it was senior night there for Musselman in the 10-5 win but they were able in the first meeting to win 7-6 and then yesterday win by a final score of 9-5 to and Hedgesville's offense I mean 14 hits that that's a great so if they can do that though against Jefferson you like their chances but you haven't really seen that happen against Beckham on slow and I don't really expect it to happen against Beckham on slow. Yeah, Jefferson combined to win the two games by a score of 27 to 4. So, um on paper this should definitely be Jefferson series. Now last year it was pretty similar. Jefferson felt like it, they were the much better team, but Hedgesville did steal a game. So, the Eagles do have the offense if they did can they? get there. I believe so, yeah. I thought it was 2 well. I thought they had Maybe they just played the game closer than what Jefferson had wanted. Maybe that was what. Let me double check you here you could quickly be right. if I can. I believe you might actually be right there. Quickly get Colin. to it because I thought we only had the two games. The one that was a mercy rule win. Yeah, it was just two games. You had the seven four okay. win, which is the close one there at Hedgesville, but then the thirteen to four one to seal the deal. Uh, for I think I the yeah. states. But I yeah. misremembered that because I remembered. Uh, Coach Waters being frustrated because she felt like her team didn't come out and perform the way they were capable of, even though they won the game. So I, I was remembering it as yeah, that a was loss, game one but it was really it was... not a loss. It was just a closer game. Yep, seven to four. So maybe game. maybe Hedgesville does something similar though, because they do have the offense to hit the ball at a high rate. But the thing is, is Munslow spins so good on the mound and in the circle that it's hard to imagine her. Uh, struggling, but the Eagles do have a nice offense, and they can put up some runs if they're clicking. Uh, but like I said, you know Munslow has been pretty dominant. So overall, you look at this matchup, and, and you think Jefferson probably takes both games and, and wins it in two. But uh, Hedgesville has enough talent where maybe they can compete a little bit and, and pull off maybe one win if if it's close enough. Yeah, I mean they got to just play with nothing to lose and all the pressures on Jefferson to get back to states being the defending state champion so if Hedgesville goes in with that mindset maybe they have a uh, better chance but still ultimately I think it's uh, Jefferson that comes away with this one on the other side of this break we'll talk about the Bob Huggins situation and uh, what may be in store for the future there at WVU a lot of question marks this morning after Uh, his interview yesterday yep this segment brought to you by eggerstown ford revolutionizing car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to eggerstownford.com for more we'll be back for more of the sports mix after this right now on talk radio wrnr and tv 10
We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin, here on this Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. We're going to get into the Bob Huggins situation. Uh, Coach Huggins was on a radio show in Cincinnati yesterday uh, and used a homophobic slur to define or to when talking about Xavier. Uh, so... Now the question is, you know, what is going to happen to Coach Huggins for this? Because obviously you can't go around and say the things that he said yesterday. Um, you want to read the statement, Colin, I guess, and then we'll kind of give Yeah, our it's an interesting situation. So after the uh, appearance on the radio show, it was posted on uh, social media from Bob Huggins saying, quote, earlier today on a Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the rivalry between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and its crosstown rival, Xavier University. During the conversation, I used a completely insensitive and abhorrent phrase that there is simply no excuse for, and I won't try to make one here. I deeply apologize to the individuals that I have offended, as well as to the Xavier University community. The University of Cincinnati and West Virginia University, as I have shared with my players over my 40 years of coaching, there are consequences for our words and actions, and I will fully accept any coming my way. I am ashamed and embarrassed and heartbroken for those I have hurt. I must do better, and I will. So that's what Coach Huggins said, and then WVU a little bit later released the statement, quote, Coach Huggins' remarks today on Cincinnati radio show were insensitive offensive and our university's values coach huggins has since apologized the university said in the statement and continued west virginia university does not condone the use of such language and takes actions very seriously but no official ruling yet on the future of coach huggins they say they will review the situation before making a decision right so i think ultimately we're probably going to see a suspension. I don't think we'll see a firing because it's Bob Huggins. Um, and the fact that he is a hall of fame head coach probably saves him enough that he's going to keep his job. Do I think he should be fired? Probably, uh, considering that most people would be fired if they went on the radio and and use this language. So, yeah. And it wasn't only just, the slur i mean when he's talking about the catholics and everything at xavier university and yes it's a rivalry but when you go personal and both sides did i mean he was talking about a situation where they threw uh objects onto the court um that were sex toys basically back in the 80s uh when he coached at cincinnati and then went on to say the things that he said uh and you can't say those things. It's definitely frustrating as a fan because the entire fan base, I mean, the entire state looked the Huggins as a leader and somebody that you thought highly of. And at least for me, I don't know how many people in the state lost respect for him after this a little bit. It would be tough for me to, as of right now, still cheer for this team, I feel like, if he's head coach knowing that even though he apologized comments like that came so easily to him right 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, a tough situation. Um, you know, now the word he chose to use, I mean, that is a word that maybe in the in Bob Huggins when he was growing up, you know, that would be an acceptable term, but obviously it's not something as acceptable today. Uh, so I wasn't necessarily shocked that he used that wording, but I think I was shocked that he said it obviously on the radio. And for a guy that is also known as not, um, you know, not saying a whole lot in his interviews, I was pretty surprised that he would not be more careful about his choice of words. Uh, so that that was surprising. And I think I understand your perspective because, uh, you know, if, if that was a coach of my favorite team or, or team that I cheered for, I would feel a little bit differently about them, especially when a lot of the things we've heard about Coach Huggins is that you know, he does a lot of great things. And I don't know if this necessarily takes away from that. I mean, people make mistakes. People choose to say things that they probably shouldn't say. I don't necessarily think this makes Bob Huggins a terrible person, but also it is something that you know you shouldn't say on on the you shouldn't say at all, and saying it publicly obviously you know brings down his i guess his reputation a little bit um but i don't i don't think he'll get fired but maybe he should be and i I think ultimately he won't be because of who he is but you know it is tough to go out there and say something like that and not see a firing when we would probably see it if another if it was any other situation yeah and my best to not just look at this as a fan of West Virginia University, I, I tried to look at it because, one, I'm also a practicing Catholic, so making comments towards that, I, I felt kind of attacked in a way, almost, by it. Also, as you guys know, and it, it's been stated before, my sister, my youngest sister, goes to Xavier University, so even though he was making comments about things back in the 80s, they also played west virginia this year and we know things got heated between the student section chanting and saying things to coach huggins so his opinion of xavier university isn't just from the 80s it's still the current fan base too so i I didn't like that and even though i'm not a member of the lgbtq plus community uh i don't know about you but i know people that are and even though you might not agree with their choices in life, I, I don't think it's fair to say that that means you can go out and insult them and use offensive terminology like that right. at, at all to anybody, period, end of story. It's not just because of how they identify. I, I think every human shouldn't have things uh, said to insult them to one another, and I think everybody can agree with that and even though Coach Huggins has since apologized and people think that because of that it should move on, end of story, it, it still should have consequences, I feel like. And I think he understands that. The level of consequences, I don't know. I mean, if he's fired, I know it would frustrate a lot of people and the fan base would probably come out strongly against that ruling. However, at the same time, it, it might ultimately be the best decision because of how much scrutiny he's going to face and how much that could potentially affect 
the university and the team. I mean, there would be most likely a lot of off the court. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word why just distractions um, for the team. And we know they have the tr- top uh, transfer class coming in. How many of these students want to potentially deal with that? Yeah, I mean, is if, something that has popped into my brain. If Huggins were to get fired for this, those guys are not going to come to WVU, I would think. Or because, because of the statements he made, do they look at that and yeah. say, I don't want to play for a coach? That feels that way or thinks that way. And, and I think that's you know a valid point. Um, so it should be interesting to see. I mean, every student athlete is different, and they're going to make those decisions based on what they feel like is the best fit for them and how much does this one statement uh, affect their decision, I'm not sure. But, I mean, ultimately there's going to be consequences for this. I would presume some sort of suspension. And I would presume as well that Huggins is going to probably make some sort of donation to try to make up for it. But, I mean, still he did, you know, probably offend a lot of people and and you never should uh, say anything that would offend anybody i mean you shouldn't use that time of language so uh you know definitely a disturbing situation i think overall um and i was pretty surprised by it because like i said you know this is a guy that's usually very quiet just in general so for him to be so open with this i think is concerning about what kind of person he is but um i guess we'll take a break Unless you have anything else you want to say about it, Colin. No, it was just ultimately a very surprising thing that originally I thought maybe it was just a deep fake because I don't think anybody expected something like that said by somebody that you thought so highly of in Coach Huggins. Yeah. So on the other side of this break, we'll uh, talk about the NBA playoffs, about the commanders as well. This is a sports mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV10. Yep, this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets and design bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg or Orsini's.com. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix on this Tuesday. NBA playoffs last night. Some exciting games between the Knicks and Heat as well as the Lakers and Warriors. Good ones, but the series now go to 3-1 in both of those. 3-1 Miami, 3-1 Lakers. Uh, We'll start with the Knicks-Heat game. A 108-101 victory for the Miami Heat. or I'm sorry, 109-101 victory for the heat to take the 3-1 series lead and Colin uh I saw the comments from Julius Randall after the game he said he feels like the heat just wanted it more and and you can see that at times in the performances of these teams yeah I think that's a uh accurate statement in how the way things went in last night's game for the heat to come out with the win even though Brunson had a double double with 32 points and 11 assists for the Knicks, it seemed like Miami just at home is right now uh, unstoppable. I mean, Butler goes out 
27 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. Bam had a triple-double of 23 points, or 13 rebounds. My apologies, I was looking at his defensive rebounds and then totaled his rebounds. So only a double-double, not a triple-double. But 13-39 to 39 for 3, uh, going 16-22 to 22 from the charity stripe. This team right now in Miami... The, the way things are going, I, I don't know if maybe it's tough to truly get a look at how Boston and Philly are going because those two teams are evenly matched and maybe the opponents that Miami's been going up against are he beat the box. weaker. I, I know, so I'm kind of thinking in my mind, do you put Miami as the favorite out of the East right now with how well they've been playing? It's you know It's possible that they could pull off an upset again over a team like the 76ers or the Boston Celtics. Um, I mean, we we can't forget that this Heat team was in the finals while it was during the COVID season, you know, just a few years ago. So the roster has changed. The key pieces are still there with Jimmy Butler and Bam, uh, Kyle Lowry. So they have some guys that have been a part of the success in Miami. Of course, they have one of the best coaches in the league if – not, you know, at this point with the way the Spurs have played and, and stuff, maybe the best coach in the league in Eric Spolstra, uh, who, you know, gets a lot out of his guys. And I think that helps quite a bit. The Knicks are still a pretty young team. Um, so I'm not super surprised that Miami has taken a 3-1 lead besides the fact that they are, you know, a lower seed. And you don't typically seeing the NBA playoffs a whole lot of upsets, but this feels like a different year in the playoffs. You know, we've talked a lot about how the West, uh, the lower seeds are really the teams that people were looking out for, and it looks like that may end up being, you know, accurate, that those teams were really the better rosters. Um, Miami doesn't have necessarily a great roster, but they have – you know, toughness and they find ways to win games and they have experience. I mean, they were in the finals, like I said, not that long ago. So, uh, you know, a really good win last night over the Knicks and it looks like the Heat are going to probably win that series even if the Knicks were to come back and make it 3-2. I think ultimately the Heat do win this one in six. I I do too right now. I'd be shocked if it goes to a game seven and – wouldn't be surprised if Miami somehow still gets it done going into game five, even though it's at MSG in New York. Yeah, definitely going to be tough to go on the road and get it done, but it's possible. And I think the Heat have played well enough you know, throughout the entire playoffs that you could see them getting this series in five games. Uh, the Warriors and Lakers played another close one last night, and the big story... I think when looking back on this one is the Warriors' execution down the stretch, especially in the final minute of the game, but overall in that fourth quarter, they got outscored 27-17. to In the final minute of the game, the Warriors had several opportunities to either tie or take the lead, and I don't really know what they were doing. I mean, on the last possession, or one of the last possessions, Draymond Green just kind of dribbled toward the rim didn't even throw a shot up made a sloppy pass and turned it over there was some poor execution from a team you're not used to seeing that from yeah they allowed uh the lakers to start off on a 7-0 run to start off that fourth quarter to 
tie the game, and you kind of knew from there it was game on. So the way that Golden State kind of fell apart really surprised you. I thought for sure that they were going to take one last night, tie the series up 2-2, two to two, even though it was in L.A., and you can never truly bet against LeBron James. You have to respect that he's still one of the best in the league, and if AD goes out and does his thing, the Lakers are going to win, and LeBron had 27 points, AD had 23 points, and then Reeves with a shocking 21 out of your starters. Curry, I mean, he had a 31-point game, but we, we talked about it, and the difference in the game that Golden State won was Clay Thompson went off, right? Yeah. He only had nine points yesterday. So if he's a non-threat, non-existent, you don't see Golden State coming back in this. He needs to step up. Yeah, Curry can have a 50-point game again, and you can see him go 3-2, but how many times is he going to go Curry out Curry had there? a triple-double last night. It wasn't Yeah, enough. exactly. So what more can he do? You need everybody else to step up if you want to predict that Golden State can come back and win this series. And overall, the Warriors did not shoot the ball nearly as well as uh, they were able to in the game that they won. And they shot just 29% from three. They jacked up 41 of them. Curry shot 14 of them, but only made three. So, uh, you know, that's really how this team's built to win. The Lakers can win. If the game is this kind of pace, this kind of lower scoring, that definitely favors the Lakers because yeah. I mean, AD the Lakers and LeBron, shot terribly from three point. Yeah. Six of 25, but they shot 20 20 from the free throw line. So, yeah. I mean, they worked the ball inside. You know, Davis didn't even attempt a three, so he was uh, dominating the paint, dominating the inside part of the uh, game. And whenever you have that, it certainly helps the Lakers. And uh, the Warriors are still looking at it as, hey, we've came back from 3-1 before. Um, obviously, very different situations and different teams and all that, but you don't want to count this team out yet, but it is looking like the Lakers for whatever reason have found a way to you know play a little bit more consistently consistently down the stretch and it's kind of surprising because the Lakers are the young team for the most part besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis I mean this is a young core that these guys are leading potentially to a Western Conference Finals so uh I'm a little bit surprised especially against the defending NBA champs I thought it would be a seven-game series. It may not be the case now with the 3-1 deficit. Very tough to come back from. So, you know, we'll see how things play out. But, uh, you know, Golden State just, I think the, the, the execution in the fourth quarter is what really surprised me uh, in this one last night because the Warriors always play great in the third quarter and they had their lead heading into the fourth, but they couldn't close it out. I saw something that I thought was really dumb. I brought it up to you, Colin. On the ESPN, they had a segment. I guess it was on Sports Center. Should the Lakers rest their starters in Game Five? And that makes and, and absolutely I mean, that, no yeah, sense. It makes no sense why you would rest your starters in Game Five when, if you go out and win, they have plenty of time to rest because the series is over. Right. And the only thing I can think of the reasoning for this is this team does play better with the more rest because LeBron and AD are guys that do at this point in their careers need some extra rest. And they did play 43 minutes last night each. 
So I guess I understand that, but it's the NBA playoffs. You're not giving guys a game off, especially against the Warriors, who if you make it, if they make it three to two, all of a sudden they have confidence. And, yeah, you're and at they, home. And, and then why they can force you a game get the job done at home and win four one? I, I, I don't know. I think ESPN just wanted us to talk about <laughs> it, and here we are talking about it. So yeah. good job by them. It or was they like, just needed something to talk about other than the game itself. I guess I, I don't know. But I thought it was a, a really funny thing. Have him talk about why Draymond Green isn't stepping up. His plus minus in the game was minus 10. Yeah. He needs to step up. Thompson needs to step up. That's what's going on with Golden State. I mean, they were last year's champions. How much has really changed throughout the roster from then to now as to why they're now down 3-1 to the Lakers? All right. Yeah. Anything uh, or you want to talk about this? Colts commanders drama a little bit real quick Colin yeah I haven't really looked too much into it I'm surprised that it really took this long to come out because it seemed like it's been what a few years I mean when was it it was 2022 okay so I guess it was just last year I thought maybe it was during COVID but thank you for correcting me there I mean it was for those that might not know the Colts have requested the NFL to look into the possibility of improper contact between the Washington Commanders and former Colts retired quarterback now Andrew Luck. I mean, why are we just now hearing about this? And how many people knew that the Colts still had Luck somehow, some way? Well, to, they still have his rights. Yeah, I mean, he's under yeah, contract. Well, technically, I didn't know that. Did you? Um, I'm not like surprised necessarily that they did. I'm sure the commanders knew it, right? I mean, they got to know that. You would hope they would know what the Andrew Luck contract situation is if they plan on asking him to return. Uh, so, you know, Ursay said, hey, you know, you can't speak to this guy. Um, do I think anything really comes out of this? Probably not because he didn't come back, so it really doesn't matter too much. Maybe the commanders get a fine. I don't think they'll lose a draft pick or anything too significant. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't think much will come out of it if there's a fine. I mean, Washington's dealt with plenty of fines before, right? <laughs> yeah, what else is new? It'll just have to be a new Josh Harris problem. Hopefully. For your sake, Colin. <laughs> yeah. This segment brought to you by Parsons Ford and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back for our final segment of the Sports Mix after this on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin. Final segment of the show, talking baseball, Major League Baseball, to be exact here. The Nationals and the Orioles, of course, the O's. Falling again yesterday to the Tampa Bay Rays 3-0. And the Nats began a series with the Giants. And Washington win. Yeah, got a 5-1 win. So good stuff from the Nats yesterday. Uh, All five runs coming in the first inning. 
Yes, yeah, this segment brought to you by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can locate them at 1270 Winchester Avenue or call them at 304-263-4343. So let's start off with the Nationals because they're the ones that got the win and we're still affiliates of them, not Baltimore, even though we're Oriole fans and 11 hits, but all five of those runs coming in the first. So you like that... Uh, Jake Irvin went out there going six and a third in his second start, five strikeouts and three walks. He gets his first win in the big lead, so congrats to him. Um, But we knew and talked about it yesterday that this is a uh, series that you looked at the pitching matchups and you said that you wouldn't be surprised if Washington could go out and win this series against the Giants and I said yesterday that it would probably be the second two, and the first one was a question because I wasn't sure how Irvin would go out. But now, I mean, even though it's still only one game, you like the other two matchups. Could Washington get a sweep? I think it's you know realistic. Uh, it really helped, obviously, Irvin yesterday in his second start to look up on the scoreboard and have a 5 nothing lead. And yes. then uh, to pitch with that, you know, confidence going out there and and really dominating a Giants team that, as we know, has struggled this year as well as the Nationals. And really, you look at their lineup, there's nothing to be too afraid of. I mean, they have some solid pieces, but, you know, Jack Peterson, J.D. Davis, Conforto, Haniger, those are some names that are obviously well-known, but not necessarily, you know, dominant players in the lineup Estrada's hitting 344 but other than that you know, they're not really a team to be feared at this point so uh you know he just takes care of that lineup pretty well and, and I think the Nationals have a good chance to potentially sweep you know today uh they'll be excuse me they'll be throwing uh Patrick Corbin who's been pitching better as of late still hasn't pitched great on the season so and you know, maybe the Giants can come back and tie this at one but I think overall the Nats are going to take at least two of these games with Gray going in that final one, Uh, at least it looks like on paper. And, you know, if you're able to take two, it's a really solid West Coast trip for Washington, and they're not completely out of things at this point in the season, which a lot of people would think that they were going to be based on their roster and having a young team. But uh, they've found ways to, you know, be competitive for the most part this season and win some games here and there and, uh, show that the future of the Nationals is looking bright and they still might be competitive this year. Yeah, I mean, Corbin's best outing was his last outing on May 4th against the Cubs. He got the win, uh, seven innings pitch, three hits, two runs, both earned, no walks, and six strikeouts. So if he can go out and do something similar today for the Nationals and the offense is able to put up runs early, uh you fully expect them to win going up against uh, Webb of the Giants. That's Logan Webb. And looking at his last outing against Houston, it was also a pretty solid performance for him going seven and two thirds, giving up five hits, two earned runs, one of them being a homer, five strikeouts and two walks. But his other outings are pretty similar to Patrick Corbin. So, I mean, it really just comes down to how the offense can do and, you look at it as of last game i mean the offense right now you'd have to give the edge to the nationals yeah orioles 
fall uh, three Rays, leave six guys in scoring position, nine runners left on base. Uh, definitely been a struggle for the O's since they've had to play some tougher competition. Yeah, we knew that as soon as they were going to be playing Atlanta that the tough stretch, whatever you want to label it, is coming for Baltimore, going Atlanta, Tampa, Pittsburgh, and then the Angels. So to be on a three-game losing streak... I think it, the Blue Jays are after that. Yeah, you can't hit the panic mode. It's still early, but you're, as a fan, kind of starting to be like, mm, are they only 23 or 22 and 13 because they were playing teams under 500, now they're playing teams over 500. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super worried about this team. I think considering that they had a great run last year at the end of the season and that has carried over into this year, I think you feel pretty good about them, but uh, just need to find some more consistency on both sides. And this is how baseball goes. You go through your hot streaks, you go through your cold streaks. They're on a cold streak right now. Hopefully they can turn it around soon. All right, that'll wrap it up for today's edition of the Sports Mix. Again, tonight on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube, it is Region 2 Section 1 Playoffs in Class AAA as the Appleman hosts the Martinsburg Bulldogs pregame at 640. First pitch scheduled for 7 p.m. for Nick Verzellini. I'm Colin McLaughlin signing off. This has been the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.